Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Sitting In. Today I'm joined by Rosie Freighter-Taylor, a UK-based songwriter and guitarist who's been taking social media by storm since the release of her latest single, Better Days, in October. It was a real pleasure to sit and have a chat with Rosie. We got into topics such as becoming an artist, the importance of being honest in your music, why dads have Instagram pages, and her experience of being a multi-instrumentalist, amongst many other topics. As always, thank you so much to everybody who's been supporting the podcast by sharing it on social media. That helps us a ton. And also thanks to people who have been supporting us by getting merch from our Teespring store, which is always linked below. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy episode 19 of Sitting In with Rosie Freighter Taylor. Cool. Well, good morning, Rosie. It's good to see you. How are you doing? Yeah, good morning, man. It's, I'm, I'm not too bad. I'm pretty, pretty tired, but... Yeah. <laughs> Um, is this a, yeah, not too bad. Is this a late morning for you or an early morning? I know, like musicians. No, can this be... is this is late. This is late. Just late. I was I was just I don't know about you, but I'm just on my phone a lot at the minute, especially late at night for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Um, yep. <laughs> so it totally. was one of those. Basically. I'm trying to I'm trying to get better at that. I actually purchased uh, these glasses. They're blue light glasses. Amazing. And uh, they're supposed to block the light that helps or that makes you stay up so late. Or that wait blue light basically yeah um, the, so the, the bad phone the bad the bad stuff so maybe you should get some blue light glasses everyone's lives <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah as i said it's great to have you here on the podcast um oh, i'm happy to i was be just here. just saying before we started recording that i've been like rinsing all your music for the last week it's been like just all i've listened to and i've been loving it so uh thank oh, you for the music as well you're very welcome i'm so i'm so glad honestly like it's the like this new track I've released. It's the first one in like two years or something, and it's, mm. it's like scary stuff. Like people release music all the time, but until it's you, you're like it, you have a certain amount of expect expectations for mm-hmm. for what's going to happen. And um, it's it's honestly it's just so nice to like hear that. Honestly. <laughs> oh well, I mean, but, um, it's uh, it's the music is fantastic. So you you know you deserve thank you. it. Um, all right. Let's get cracking. So I've done a bit of research, and I see that your uh, your parents are also songwriters. Um, how much an influence did they have on you getting into songwriting and music? Was it quite? Yeah. How did how did that work out? Yeah, they were they were very important. They still are really. I'm I'm still living at home at the minute because I'm still at uni, and um, cool. so it gives me the chance to like focus completely on music, and also I get on really well with them. Um, and my cat as well lives oh, nice. here so that would be quite a, a difficult loss yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so so we often we have a lot of like merging um genres which we're really into oh, cool. like like they they and they would like play like world music around the house when I was a little kid and like their own music and stuff um so it's sort of like that we have very very similar tastes which obviously come from that and um and yeah, so my dad's a drummer. Like he gave me drum lessons until wow. I was like, uh, I actually did. I actually did grade eight drums. I don't know. Wow. I don't know what the equivalent is of that across the world, but in the UK, it's like a a system we mm-hmm. use to to you know grade eight is, is you know you're it's a the highest techni- one. Technically a good drummer. Technically <laughs> a good can, drummer. If yeah. you can get grade eight, so yeah, I was and actually, I was. I was debating whether to be a drummer or, or a guitarist at, at one point. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah. And my dad, he plays drums on on Better Days and on the whole of the old album, on the oh, whole of the new album as well. That's um, so cool. And my mum, I call my mum hair and makeup because she... <laughs> <laughs> Because she and she's also like an amazing singer, so she's helped me a lot with my singing, especially live. Like, just incredible, literally, like, what a few tips from someone who actually knows what they're talking about can do and I sometimes there's certain singers I listen to and I'm like if you just if, if I just told you or my mom just told uh, you these right. things I'm like um I'm not going to name names but yeah um yeah so I mean oh yeah and also my dad he um so he like produced with me the my, the first album which was a self-release um, right well this is also a self-release but um yeah, so uh, big is the yeah. answer. Oh, great. So you have like a pretty strong community at home then that can kind of help 
kind of foster and like develop your creativity over the years what age were you when you started getting into music just generally is it like has it always been around um it's always been around that drumming was was the first thing I did I was about seven or eight when I got into drumming and then I, I actually had a band when I was I had a little um trio with a couple of friends of mine which was when I started writing um ah. songs and stuff and we were <laughs> again my dad would like record little funny recordings of us and everything so songwriting was a little bit later and guitar was a little bit later um cool. but around eight or nine maybe for that yeah eight or nine <laughs> wow nice and so getting into guitar because I mean nowadays I see you uh as like a, a singer well a songwriter and a singer and a guitarist as well right I, I didn't know you played drums like that that's so cool um, I wish not many I... people do <laughs> yeah no I mean it's it's one of those things that I think the more developed you become in instruments that aren't drums the more you realize how important it is to have like one hand in that side of the world as well you know like be able to like just um well have your rhythm together and you obviously do because you've you know studied for so long it's it's so interesting actually um how much like the drumming influences all of the right hand stuff that I do. Right. Um, and, and the kinds of like, I'm, I'm way more drawn to rhythm when I solo than yeah. I am to melody. I find mm-hmm. um, a lot. And whenever I play, it's something people tend to pick up on, even though I don't really think I'm doing anything right. different. Right. But, um, but yeah, and it, it's, it's crazy as well. It's a, um, it's a bass player thing. Like bass players are really into, being able to to play drums and so I mm. feel quite fortunate to have just had that grounding in drumming right. um that's amazing yeah. that's amazing so how did you get into guitar then like what took you away from the drums <laughs> I really I don't really know I mean my mum played a tiny bit but she has quite like small hands and so it's, it's very very much like open chords and just introducing right. me to that 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 stuff um, I don't I don't really know what 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 led me to to carry it on I guess I mean when you're a kid if, if you if you have like a natural affinity for something and like mm-hmm. people are telling you oh you sound good at this like you just do yep. it more um, because children like to be praised mm-hmm. um, <laughs> for sure for sure so when you got into guitar then was that I guess you must have been earlier than when you went to university yeah absolutely I was right. um so I was doing like all the rock stuff, like 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 everyone does. I was doing mm-hmm. the the rock grades and oh, cool. like I did in drums at the same time as drums, which is quite funny. Ah. Um, and then I I kind of took it up a bit more. I went to this jazz orchestra thing every Saturday when I was about fourteen for like a few years, and um, it's like a big band setting, which oh, is nice. and it's like it's crazy hard stuff. Like you have yeah. to be able to play. Um, even though guitar in big band is I find it quite funny because like a lot of the time you, you don't even know if like the yeah. guitarist is playing or not but still like just f- like reading charts and, mm-hmm. and getting that kind of harmony together and like to an extent the reading even though I'm not still not a very good reader um, yeah that kind of led me to a, a, I guess a higher level of guitar and then right. I auditioned for the uh, there's like a, a junior jazz school at the the royal academy of music so i did that for a couple of years um and then now i'm at the senior academy in my final year there oh my god i'm ready to leave now (laughs) oh really do you find it because you've been doing that for so long you're just like you're done i felt like that in my last year uni as well yeah it's it's such an interesting thing like um I've, I've really got a community Mm -hmm. there like i feel like i know a lot of people I've met a lot of people and there's like new people coming in every year who are just amazing. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it's like at, at a certain point you're like, I want to diversify. <laughs> right. I want to do other things that, mm. that aren't covered in right. this course. And it's at least at, at the Academy. Um, I'm not so sure about other music universities, but maybe more mm. so conservatoires they're like they're fairly like oh no this is the curriculum right right, right. like it's kind of written, they're not like endorsing yep. that so with the songwriting it's been an interesting experience because they kind of want me to fit into this jazz guitarist box ah, um, so interesting. <laughs> but right. having said that like they have 
given me singing lessons um let me have singing lessons they've allowed me <laughs> to branch out into singing with a couple of really good vocalists in london cool. so there's a lady called lauren kinsella right. and a band called snow poet um who I would strongly encourage you to check out. Like, if, if you like anything that I do, right. <laughs> it Snow is Poet. heavily inspired by by that, uh, that search for kind them, of music. Right. They've got a new album Poet. coming out, actually, on the 19th of November, which I'm, I'm actually so excited Is for. it a duo? I can see on their Spotify page just now. Uh, it's, a, it's a duo. They write all the stuff together, but it's a whole band, band right. vibe. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, one thing you said <laughs> is, you know, you want to kind of diversify yourself and... Uh, for me, you know, I was kind of chuckling inside because I think what drew me to your music is um, I think I saw a video on like Instagram and I was like, oh, wow, like you're killing on the guitar and the vocals. And like the song is like something I was like, like, you're so diverse already. And you told me you're a drummer. It's like my mind is blowing. And um, <laughs> I guess the question I'm trying to get to here is, did you ever make a conscious effort to start blending your guitar playing with songwriting? Because I know that nowadays... Um, you just don't see that as much um i was so like i was so into the song and then you started soloing and i was like what like yeah <laughs> for me it's like that's that's i love it it's great so like was that a conscious decision you made or has it always just been natural for you um it it was it was a conscious decision if if i really think about it because um it, it was heavily inspired by um uh, a singer songwriter another one you should check out called becca stevens you might have oh, heard yeah. of her yeah yeah she's done some stuff with snarky puppy but um and like i i was kind of really into her at at a point where she was um like very um fluidly combining folk and pop and jazz right and R&B and soul and all of these things. And I went, I saw her live when I was about 16 in this incredible venue. It's, well, it was the Globe, uh, the Globe Theatre in London, right. except they have a little, um, a smaller theatre attached to it called the Sam Wanamaker Playhouse. And it's all oh. just candles and natural lighting. It's really nice. cool. And and I, it was sort of, it was almost like an enlightening experience because yeah. it was at that point that I was like, okay, this is, this is what I want to do. I want to write interesting songs, you know, mm -hmm. that combine all of my tastes in, because, you know, she's, she's an insane guitarist, insane vocalist. And it's like that kind of dexterity on, mm. on your instrument, which I'm, I, I, I can really appreciate and, and I really admire about her. And I think, I think not enough people are, are dexterous on their instruments, you know, right. yeah. especially, especially singer songwriters. It's quite a thing of like, Oh, play playing, playing, playing your chords. Capo, and I'm yeah. like, but, <laughs> <Capo."> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it was sort of after that, that the songwriting thing really became a thing for me. Mm. Um, she, she is, she is, uh, I mean, she, she was a pivotal point in my, in my right. life and I did have a lesson with her as well. So, oh, wow. Um, and really? I've cited her in many, many interviews and right. <laughs> maybe she thinks I'm weird. Yeah, <laughs> maybe she I'm, thinks I'm, I'm sure she's obsessed. flattered. No. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I remember, um, I remember seeing Marcus Miller live, uh, in the playhouse in, uh, no wait, in the Usher Hall in Edinburgh, which is like a beautiful, like, uh, theater there. And, um, I remember, I don't know if you know the saxophone player, Alex Han. I do. I do know that name, actually, yeah. Right. Well, it came for his turn to take a solo in this. It's Marcus Miller, so it's just a funk groove for, like, two hours. Um, and he played something that... You, when you describe that enlightening experience, that's what I felt when I heard Alex Han play this solo. Um, it was just... Oh, man. I can't really describe what it done, but it just made me aware of, like, so much about music that I hadn't really saw before. And I was like, this is what I want to do. It's, like, relating to, like, improvisation. Um, so yeah, it's really cool that you kind of got there via, you know, songwriting compared to, well, obviously me as like a guitarist, one dimensional musician, you're like <laughs> 5D. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's happened with every, every aspect of, of my playing really, like including mm. guitar. Um, so like the, the singing thing is, is like the George Benson thing, which, which people were like, oh, mm. you sound like George Benson. And I'm like, oh, well. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> but um it, it's that that is sort of like that was a similar thing and that was actually 
talking about my parents very much like encouraged by my dad he was like oh cool he was like oh can you can you sing what you're playing because mm. I think I was I was like maybe singing a line or something trying to figure it out and he was like and uh, I think I sort of I sort of played a little line like not perfect but mm. and he was like you've got to you've got to work at that like you've got to keep doing that that's oh, cool. really that's really cool so yeah. it was a similar thing with with George Benson and my my guitar playing and also also Pat Metheny and my guitar playing mm, for sure um, what do you think about uh, musicians who uh I I teach a lot right and uh something that I encourage some students to practice is singing what they're playing in order to connect like their ears with their hands uh, and kind of their heart or like that part of music that you that part of you that I think you should be put into music. Um, and sometimes I'll say it's like, you know, there are people like George Benson, or I guess you will be an example, um, who like sing in tune with what they're doing. And it sounds great. It adds to the music. What do you think of people like, uh, not their uh, musicality, but like their approach, like people like Keith Jarrett or maybe oh Kurt, Kurt Rosenwinkel. I knew you were going to say that. Because <laughs> uh, for those I'm, who are listening, Keith Jarrett's an absolutely amazing piano player. But he sings kind of like it doesn't really relate too much to what he's I playing in really terms of pitch. I wouldn't call it singing. It's more like groaning. Like yeah. he'll kind of he'll kind of um, yeah he'll play something and <laughs> I, I don't even yeah it doesn't bear any resemblance to what he's playing. It's almost just like he can't contain this this mm. sound within him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, <laughs> I think I think it's so important to to feel what you play like to put and I mean a lot mm -hmm. of the time it's like it's the most natural thing to put yourself into into what you're what you're playing because it's yep. it's you and it's your playing and mm -hmm. it's it's how you feel on a certain day um I I do think institutions and 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 various um various teachers um at least in my experience mm -hmm. and like the idea of of um like intense methodical practice mm -hmm. often kind of undermines just this this really simple thing of of like of sound on the guitar and also of 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 the way like like I might phrase something differently on a certain day just because how I'm because of how I'm feeling and I right and it's it's often it's it's such an overlooked aspect of of guitar playing and and mm. of musicianship especially having attended like conservatoire where the goal is to be like the shreddiest shredder of all <laughs> shredders and the shreddies than having a bowl of shreddies yeah. <laughs> in the morning um and it's and i think it's i mean not not i i don't know i think it's maybe in my experience why people connect to what i do is mm -hmm. because i i feel if it's so important to me to just play something that sounds nice and people can connect with and that yeah I'm it's yeah honest. if that makes you're, sense you're, I think it's honesty right <laughs> exactly yeah not not trying to just I mean I do a bit of that as well I do do shove a couple of licks in there but <laughs> but like it's it's really I've had a few interesting experiences recently where I've been kind of in the position where I've had to improvise live mm-hmm to a song where I haven't, I have no idea what the chords are right, right, right. <laughs> at all. And for various reasons, maybe I haven't like, they've called it unexpectedly or, mm -hmm. or whatever. And, and it's, I, I feel like people should try that honestly. Cause yeah. it's, it, I mean, I, I just play, I just play completely what I want to play mm -hmm, and not mm -hmm. what anyone has told me to play or what I think I have to play. And it's, and it's like, and it's those are the solos where people come up to me afterwards and they're like, oh, wow, that was an amazing solo. Like, uh, right. and I'm like, I had no idea what <laughs> I was doing. <laughs> but I mean, oh, cool. I, I, I appreciate that I'm like, I'm fortunate to have like to have been brought up with music around me and to have like a lot of those influences and that that musical ear. Um, mm -hmm. That, But I mean, you can you can always always train, train your ear, you know, yeah. everyone has. Well. Most people have have musical music in them. <laughs> oh yeah, I think it's it's there within everybody, just in different ways. You know, some people exactly, yeah. might find that pitch is quite accessible, whereas others might find that rhythm is. And some people, if they're fortunate, they can get them both going, and they find that mm. learning instruments a wee bit easier. But yeah, no, I think you know, I, I don't know. I'm quite extreme in my kind of beliefs in like how music. Uh, 
relates to the human experience because you know I, I do think largely like our conversation right now is like you could in some way make music about it inspired by it or even like the inflection in our inner pitch while we talk and it's like yeah you know, music is just uh i don't know like sound in motion or something i don't yeah. have a definition for music yet but it's kind of how i see like it maybe, maybe you're the next john cage <laughs> <laughs> well maybe not that extreme but <laughs> no I, I do understand completely what you mean like mm. um just it is it is it's a natural thing you know yeah to 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 all of us um like uh, i mean i have met people who, who don't who, who tell me they don't like music but i, I don't know i just I don't do, think I they don't find music that. that they like yet because exactly. i've had a similar situation and um, i'm that annoying guy right who if there's a group of people who maybe i've not met i kind of go through and i people hate when i do it but i'm just so curious i'll, I'll say like oh what kind of music do you like and they'll be like i kind of like rock music and i'll be like what like like Led Zeppelin or Green Day or and they're like uh, no like this I'm like oh cool have you checked this band out and I go through this whole process like trying <laughs> to find out what people like but people seem to hate it but I'm just curious because I want to like sort of understand about other people's we're, interpretation <laughs> it's a of music. musician thing like yeah. we're all on the spectrum <laughs> <laughs> totally we, we 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 think everyone cares about yeah. music as much as we do um I know it's unfortunate but, but, i mean I, I i do that as well i mm. do I, I mean in, i've had plenty of experiences i've i've gone to loads of parties and i'll i'll just kind of i'll do like a low-key kind of like look around for, for if there's like a guitar all right <laughs> and, or if i'm at a friend's house at a party and they and they know that that I know there's a guitar there. I'll be like, oh, can I can I play your guitar? Right, so, right, right. Nice. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know if you ever done that. Maybe that's just. Oh me. yeah, of course. I remember once when I was um, I was like, maybe like sixteen at like a house party, and uh, I remember. <laughs> this is sad. Like when I think it now, but I remember this uh, this girl who was there. She had a wee brother, and her wee brother had uh, a guitar. And I remember knocking on his door, and he was like playing the computer. <laughs> And he was like 11 or something. I was like, oh, excuse me, can I have a shot of your guitar? So, yeah, I've, I've been that, that guy. It's I've because that you guy. don't want to deal with the social interaction. Yeah, so music is like an escape guitar. from that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. In a very literal sense. Yeah, totally. I'm, go- I'm on a hunt and I'm going to find one. I'm going to find a musical yeah. instrument in this house. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, I know that you um you kind of study, you study at conservatoire or in that kind of environment and I imagine that a lot of your practice and you know you've done like the grade 8 drum thing when you were quite young so you've I imagine you've been quite focused on like how you approach music um I'm wondering how much of that translates into how you write music do you practice writing music because I know some uh songwriters that um, I've either worked with or that I just know about um they kind of just write when the muse appears you know it might be at four mm. in the morning it might be it might not happen for a year right um i think Joni mitchell might be a bit like that i was listening to an interview with her and she was saying like you know the muse hasn't appeared for years she said and it's like she's just that's just the way it is but um i'm wondering do you do you get done with that or do you practice writing i think for me um i feel very much at the at the very beginning of my journey as a songwriter um and and I feel like there's so many things I want to try all right doing and it and that that includes like being more prolific because up to this point I mean I I sort of I'm more I'm more on the side of um sort of the quality over the quantity of the songs that I write and so I will develop every idea I have pretty much into a whole song Mm -hmm. and 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 so it it means that I haven't actually written that many songs right I've just um kind of the the development of the song to me is is almost was almost my favorite part so oh cool um but yeah, it's like I was having a great conversation with um there's a singer-songwriter in London called Ollie Brockberger. All right. He's worked with Becca Stevens as well. And just just conversations about like I've never really had with anyone before about songwriting and he's like, "Oh, like 
how how do you want to approach like your songwriting like mm. in the future what do you want to do and it's like it's the kinds of questions I, I'm sort of like well you know what I've never actually thought about it and right we we all have a method and, and I, I I I do like my method but um yeah I, I feel I feel quite um yeah like it's not like guitar I haven't I haven't worked on it it's it's very much right. like it's, it's sort of a natural thing that I'm like yeah, because the other thing is I've never been in the situation where I have to write something, uh, um, right. especially. I, I guess if, if there's like a, a label being like, oh, we want we want your album done. I was going to say, you might not want to get signed. <laughs> like, I don't know if yeah, you are. Exactly, but... <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I know Jordan Rakai talks a little bit about this. Mm. Um, yeah. And also like, oh, yeah, we don't like this one. Can you write like another three hits? I've, yeah. <laughs> but I mean... Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm I'm only 21, so I, I feel like I probably have a lot of that to come. I mean, yeah. um, people telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I'm like, oh, I have a lot of big labels knocking at my door. I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, I, I can foresee potentially that situation arising where I'm like, stop telling me what to do. But, right. Um, <laughs> do you think you could, or do you think you'd be willing to adapt to that kind of? Because uh, I think what it means to be a musician under a record label and what it means to be a musician kind of independent, they have different responsibilities. Like, how would you feel about being the the kind of first one, you know, being the signed and having assignments, basically? Mm. Well, it's it's so interesting. I mean, and I'm actually writing a dissertation on this at the minute, but, oh, cool. you know, a dissertation, a hypothetical dissertation I haven't really started yet. Right. But, um, and it's sort of about like the the future of labels and like mm. what the next decade of of the music industry holds for like independent artists. And I think for me, like it's a super interesting question because I'm working with someone at the minute um, mm. who is very much like, you know, we don't need this. We don't we don't need it's and it's sort of like. It, you know it's not saying anything for sh- for sure but it's asking those questions like are, are labels are they is that an outdated mo- model yeah um you know in light of of spotify and and distrokid mm-hmm. and instagram and yeah and all of these things and um but so i'm very much i'm 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 just i'm thinking about it you know mm. like oh, but at the end of the day if they offer me like 500k (laughs) (laughs) if if i can buy a house with that money maybe i would be willing to i don't know sacrifice a few years yeah (laughs) maybe (laughs) yeah well as you said you know you're you're kind of well you're young and you're at the beginning of this venture into songwriting it seems so it's like Mm. you're gonna have to make mistakes learn from them and it's like 500k would be a good uh, a good thing to get from a mistake i reckon depending on the situation obviously Mm but awesome cool well when you are writing music uh the music you have written um there's at least one album out there and then i know you've you're going to be releasing one soon um do you write music from or i guess the question is whose perspective do you write music from do you kind of create characters or hypothetical situations or is it much more about like the experience of rosie in everyday life Oh man, it's it's so self-centered. Right. <laughs> Unbelievably self-centered. Cool. Um I have I have I have written a few songs like I, I think I, I wrote a song about about like the politics going on in the UK but right. and like cuz cuz I made a conscious effort cuz I'm like oh my god all these songs they're all just about me and mm, so I was like I need to I write see. about something else. But uh, naturally I am just inclined to to talk about talk about my my experiences and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think um again it's like it's that it's that idea of being at the beginning of this songwriting journey Mm -hmm. um and I'm sure I will explore like so many different ways of doing that like down the line Mm um but I mean it's almost sometimes it almost for me like it works as therapy in a Mm -hmm. in a way so and yeah (laughs) so so that's just what it is at the minute I guess yeah yeah would you say that that um can affect affect how you or how comfortable you feel performing your music because i imagine that well maybe i can't imagine this because it's not something i do but you know the situation where you write a song based on a character that's like not you 
Um, do you think you'd feel comfortable or as comfortable performing that live? Because it's not quite, you know, it's your creation and it's coming from you. But, you know, when you're writing a song that is kind of about you and your experiences, I imagine you can be a little bit more just in that moment when it's happening. Mm. I I think it doesn't... I, I see live as more of like... I don't know. I I just connect to it in terms of this is this is a performance. Like mm-hmm. this is a right. this is a show. Right. So I and I have to technically do everything right in in this in the context of this show. So yep. um, yeah, I I don't think that's really crossed my mind too much. Um, because you know I I try and write stuff that I like. So yeah. <laughs> and and I mean I, I should say as well that that lyrics always up to this point come like after the music um they yeah. never come first again right. like this the, I, it's something i'd like to do but um that is my method is like it, it's secondary to the music so uh. i'm i'm almost there for primarily for the music <laughs> like the <laughs> harmony and the and right. everything um and then sometimes i will realize that i've written something and and it kind of it applies to like something that's happened yep. after I wrote the song. And I'm like, so, so I will look at a song in a different way. Like if I, um, yeah, in some, sometimes. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Cause that, that's kind of how I approach it. Um, it's like, I'll, I'll usually write something inspired by like a feeling that I have right now. Um, or like a sort of shape or texture and harmony, whatever it may be. And then afterwards I'm like, actually, you know what? That song is, it reminds me of this experience or now I've had this experience. This song feels like that experience. And that's usually how I label a song name. But I remember when I was in uni, um, we got given this assignment and it was, what was it? It was read a newspaper article and write a song based on the newspaper article. It was an assignment. I didn't like expect to take it that far. But uh, that ended up becoming a song that I worked with like on a band after a while. And um, it was this whole thing. And the newspaper article was, uh, oh man, who was it? I don't know if it was Steve Jobs or the other guy. But it was, um, I basically wrote a song about this guy being a roadrunner and how he was like the, the wild <laughs> child of Silicon Valley. Um, and he went on the run and uh, yeah, it, it was a cool assignment. Amazing. Actually. I kind of enjoyed it. So I think, yeah, if I was to start writing again, I would, I would maybe try that approach. But I do like the sound of just taking the music you've written and trying to write lyrics, regardless of if they like really relate to the experience you had while you're writing music. If that makes sense. Mm um but that's cool yeah it's 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 an interesting one isn't it I mean everyone is so different like some people can't do it the other way around Mm. um but yeah (laughs) cool well on your um your first album and please excuse me if this isn't actually your first album it's just the first album I found a year it's called On My Mind am I right yes yeah that's the first one (laughs) right so was there a concept or can I yeah, was there a concept behind that album? Like, what was the purpose of it? Was it just your first kind of business card as a musician? or Pretty much. I mean, right. the concept was me getting Cubase, um, cool. like the most basic version, and literally just, like, writing. That was around the time I was, I was really into Becca Stevens. Um, right. Yeah, and just recording, not having any idea what I'm doing, like, producing, and... Um, then kind of like very much as a result of my dad kind of turning it into something that I, I could just put out for, for people to hear. Right. Um, so do you yeah. record that all at home? Yes, all at home. Oh, wow. And we actually, apart from the drums where I, I actually I record everything in my room. Um, like What, even the new stuff? Yeah, the new stuff. The oh, new wow. stuff is in here, just apart from the drums. And I've, I've also got some... So that's all me on the first one, but this new album I'm, I'm like involving. So um, a bass player at my uni mm-hmm. called Seth Tackerberry. He's very cool. cool. Mm-hmm. If you're into like amazing group, he's very yeah. cool. He's on the new album as well. Another bass player called Hugo Piper um, and piano player in my year called Matt Carter. They're, cool. they're like, oh, and my dad, who's yeah. called Steve Taylor, by the way. Steve Taylor. Um, all right. Uh, if, you, if you want to like yeah, yeah, yeah. he has an instagram account but he hasn't posted anything i think that's the thing dads do <laughs> yeah my dad's so exact they can same stalk you, yep, like 100 <laughs> percent. and sometimes i look through like who who's following just to see and it's all like just like 
pages that post photos of like old vintage records and stuff and amazing it's like, cool fair enough yeah. it's like four people and i'm one of them <laughs> um yeah so um apart from the drums yeah for the first one it was really funny actually we we went to this this really like this little studio Mm-hmm. and like we just booked a room but but either side of us there were metal bands oh, like no. rehearsing yeah and so and so we were like take we were recording takes in between their oh the breaks <laughs> yeah and um so most of the stuff on that album is is just one take on the drums because oh, we wow. were just like but I think I mean I was I was quite happy you know yeah because like, it, it was all very DIY and um it, it felt like it, it fit to yeah. do it that way. <laughs> totally, totally. Who, yeah. um, if you don't mind me asking, who mixed and mastered that first album? First one was uh, me and my dad. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, we just did it. We just did it at home. But um, the new, cool. the new one is uh, a guy uh, called Patrick Phillips. He's right. he works at a stu- really cool studio actually in um, Bath. You might know it uh, called Real World studios all right it's beautiful studio i'm i'm gonna i'm actually going there in a in a few weeks oh no for something fantastic something so I'm, I'm actually i'm genuinely excited amazing but... <laughs> cool so the the process in your first record on my mind how are there any big differences between that and the new one in terms of the process not the music obviously you know what's changed since then um well i think i'm i'm a mildly better producer Cool. I'm, a, I'm I mean I, I listen to that album and there's there's things about it that I'm like bloody hell like <laughs> I this I would not do that now but right, I right. guess that's literally everyone with their mm-hmm. old material and and I, I like having it there you know I like I like the idea of being able to show like your growth through mm-hmm. your catalogue um because you know it was I mean I, I sound different as well my voice is different the way I play is different so it's like right. it is it is a time capsule really um cool. but yeah like production I'm, I'm I'm a bit better at that um I'm a better I'm a better guitarist like I, I guess um better singer like I've just had more experience um mm. doing those things and I, I I am like feeling more confident about about that now so whereas that, really that album was literally like a couple of tracks on there that's like the those are the first projects I ever worked on on right. on like cool. my DAW and it's like yeah yeah <laughs> now I released them there you go <laughs> yeah they sound great I, I I really enjoyed that album it's great it is it's it's interesting like people are often I find so concerned about releasing things like mm. especially first projects um yeah. like it has to be a certain way like it has to be perfect it has to have the right image it has you know but it's like that's kind of it ignores the the certainty that you're just going to make mistakes like yeah. there's things that I would change about that album like so many things but I think it's so much more important to to just like release something mm-hmm, like just mm-hmm. just get it into people's ears um and and start somewhere like yeah. I think I think that frightens a lot of artists no um, totally absolutely yeah. I I think it's there is also a trade-off nowadays with the so it's so easy to release music like it is and i think part of the kind of thing that comes with that is that you do get a lot of young musicians who are kind of just not ready to say anything and there's just so much rubbish out there now Mm. um i don't know if you know the guitarist mike moreno Mm, i know again i know the name (laughs) moreno he is so good you need to check him out um but i remember him in an interview talking about how he didn't release it until he was i think he was saying he was like 27 or something but this guy has been playing with like everybody in new york up until then as a sideman and yeah he was just saying it's like yeah i really just want to wait until or i wanted to wait until i actually felt like i had something to say um and i guess that time comes for it's a different time for everybody um but i think Mm -hmm. yeah social media kind of makes it easy for us to release music and i think that's amazing but um there is a lot of kind of rubbish out there as well i think how do you feel about that point it is a good point like you you shouldn't you shouldn't force it if if you don't feel like you have anything to say Um, yeah you gotta be honest i guess like if if you do that's that's the thing that if you if you do have something to say and and it's like um 
and and you're getting caught up in the minutiae of of everything of like the the hundredth mix <laughs> and when you just go for the first mix anyway yeah totally <laughs> it's like I think I think it's it's okay not to be perfect. It's okay to release stuff that isn't perfect because, like, because if if the song is like good, it, it doesn't matter about everything else to to an extent, you know. Unless it's like I don't know, unless it's horrendously bad, which I'm sure it isn't. <laughs> yeah. No, you're totally but, right. You're totally right. It's um yeah no, it's inspiring to hear you say that because you know I think your to me your first record was a big success like musically, um and so the next one you know I'm I'm excited for that. But one thing we've not really touched on that I'm really curious about is um I hear I guess generally in your music everything from like Pat Metheny, George Benson, as we said to like hiatus coyote kind of vibes, um but specific to your guitar playing, who are some people who have uh, really inspired you or helped kind of mentor you to where you're at right now because yeah I mean you could play it it's amazing <laughs> thank you man so can you haven't haven't talked oh, well, about that yet thanks. I love your love your sound and everything like, oh, I, I was I was I was saying to you like, I feel like we have some similar influences right <laughs> um I mean to be honest like a lot of it was to was like just being self-taught in terms of um, like going to the big band and stuff and cool. just forcing myself to get it down. And like, I mean, so much on YouTube these mm. days, like, and the other thing was going to the, the junior jazz at the Academy. Um, so it's like less one-to-one guitar stuff. I mean, cause I, I mean, it's less guitar playing. It's more like jazz playing, I, I yeah. suppose. Um, and there's, there's an amazing flautist who, who teaches there called Gareth Lecrane. You might know him. He's like, <laughs> he's on the new Leanne Le Havas album. I, I've been oh, wow. digging his his flute solo. He's on seven times. Oh, cool. And I've been digging it for so long and someone just told me it was him. And I'm like, of course, it's him. <laughs> but, um, awesome. So in terms of like harmony, understanding and, and getting the jazz together, it's the junior jazz, really. Hmm. Um, maybe more than the actual academy itself, but you know, right. let's not go there. <laughs> In case they're listening, um, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll still get your degree. <laughs> oh God, maybe. <laughs> um, but in terms of actual guitar, like I've been through so many teachers. <laughs> I don't. I haven't really liked many of them. Oh um, really? Yeah, it's this is. I mean, I, I've I've had a lot of lessons with John Paracelli. Um, right. He's a he's a really cool session guitarist. Um, um, I'm quite excited. I'm having some lessons with a guy called uh, Femi Tomoa as well. Oh yeah, um, I um, I think he's a D'Angelico artist, right? Potentially, yes. Yeah. I actually think he is. Um, but it's like in in terms of like fundamentally like changing my playing. It's in terms of guitar. It's mainly just like listening to. To, to Pat Metheny and George yeah. Benson and oh, cool. and I mean at this point I'm like I don't I don't even really listen to to that much like traditional jazz it's it's very mm. it's more songwriter but um right but when I when I when I was younger I was playing like all the time playing so much jazz and like being put in those situations of having to improvise over hideous chord changes <laughs> um like hideously difficult I mean yeah that's and, funny um you know, and it's like it was a competitive environment. We're all there together, and you're like, "Oh, you want to be better than all the other guitarists." And obviously, I'm like, I'm a girl, and I'm like, I want to show these men that I'm as good as them. So <laughs> yeah. there's a little bit of competitiveness as well. Right. <laughs> oh, cool. So I guess one thing that you were saying there is that a lot of your upbringing and playing guitar was specifically in that of like the kind of environment of jazz, and when you say jazz are you talking about like kind of playing standards or was it more like contemporary stuff it was everything everything right. uh, yeah everything from I, I spent a lot of time playing standards i don't do that anymore even though i mean even though i enjoy it you know mm. it's, and i find if i actually work on playing standards for a couple of days like i, I i'm actually a better soloist right <laughs> it's it's interesting actually um but like it, it was also like loads of contemporary stuff as well and um yeah so a lot of jazz and then the the songwriter thing was sort of my my um my rebelling against that and oh, like cool. sort of yeah, the yeah, the yeah. opposite thing and and that I've always been kind of 
I've always been sort of into folky stuff like Ben Howard. Mm-hmm. It's a big influence when I was like 12 or 13. So getting more into that a little bit later on. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I got two suggestions. Have you ever listened to uh, John Martin? Oh, he's like, he's one of those people who you're like, uh-huh. like, you you know, like he's good. And you, I like, I believe you that he's good, but I actually haven't listened to you him. You should che- check out his record, uh, Solid Air. I think you'll like it. Okay. It's like... Oh. It's it's a folk musician, but it's like kind of got a backdrop like jazz kind of. Um, but if you just listen to the title track, Solid Air, uh, let me know what you think. And then for the kind of more contemporary guitarist, I, I said his name earlier, but I'm just curious if you kind of dig his stuff. Is Kurt Rosenwinkel? Do you know him? I've listened to one Kurt Rosenwinkel album a lot, which is the, oh. the trio one. Right. Um where he plays like a bunch of standards. Is that like live at the Vanguard or something? I don't think so. It's, um, oh, let me look it up and I'll actually, <laughs> I'll actually tell the people. Tell the people. <laughs> um, it's got a blue cover. I, I know oh, what yeah, one you're Oh yeah, the standards about. trio. It's called Reflections. Trio. Oh yeah, um, I know that one. <clears throat> yeah, so I was into that one album, but... Uh, I guess like who is Kurt inspired by? Like obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat Metheny. So totally. in terms of more, I'm more, I'm more a Pat guy. Right. But you know, I'm always open to, you know, to, to new influences and, mm-hmm. you know, I think he's a great guitarist and um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I cool. love that album. Nice. All right. I got a couple, just a couple other kind of things I want to dive into. The first is kind of, I mean, I'm sure everybody who's listening now gets the idea that you're like super versatile as a musician. You know, you can play a <laughs> bunch of different instruments. You have experience within these different genres. How do you go? Hire me. <laughs> hi- yeah, absolutely. Totally. This actually good question or good, good point. Because the question is, uh, how do you go around getting musicians involved in your projects? Because um, you kind of, yeah, you have so many different influences and I imagine you want those musicians to be able to kind of get inside that a wee bit. Honestly, just personality. Right. <laughs> you have to be a cool person. Right. I, I, um, well, I guess with my dad, because he's currently he's my drummer. Right. Um, because he just knows the music so well. He knows it inside out and he also plays a lot of percussion and cajon, mm-hmm. which is I, I'm really into that, especially live. Um. But yeah, I think just just melodic players, like groovy players, but there's really like no shortage of amazing players yeah. in London. Um, and, and I mean, even like uh, I have charts, I guess. So maybe like a certain level of, of reading right. is cool. But but honestly, like who cares about that these days? Yeah. <laughs> like if you're if you're if you're willing to learn it, Um but yeah, like I guess like groove is a big thing. So I, I want mm. I, like really kind of, especially live, like it's, it's one of the best things to witness live. It's like a yeah. good bass drum groove. Totally. Um, I guess also someone who sits as well, like especially piano players, someone who sits with the with my guitar playing and my parts well yep. and can like work around that. All right. So yeah. is, when you when you give a musician uh, a chart, is it like a lead sheet in the way that you probably would have learned like with a big band or something? Or is it like I have a drum part written or I guess your dad's probably taking care of that, but I have like a bass part written or is it like just interpret this the way you see fit and we'll work on it together? It's a bit of everything, really. It's I mean, primarily it's arrangement, right. um, arrangement of the tunes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely, because I, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I always find it a little bit strange when someone's live show is exactly the same as the record. Yeah, totally. Um, and I kind of, I want to see something else. And so I'm, I'm like, I'm way more up for like, m- kind of, you know, going in a bit more live. Because right. um, I think that that's what people want to see. I'd say it's maybe even jazzier live than... Oh, cool. than it is on the on the record like there's more solos and stuff um and more kind of improv yeah nice. that's the same thing solos and improv <laughs> <laughs> well not not necessarily not necessarily not necessarily <laughs> not necessarily all right if this is my final kind of big question i guess um if you could construct a dream band all right i know you've mentioned like people and this doesn't have to be a band that would have chemistry necessarily just like names 
Uh, I know you've mentioned like Becca Stevens and Matheny and you know all these people. But um, if you They're could too much a... like me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, if you could construct a dream band, who would be in it? Oh my goodness me! Oh my god! Um, <laughs> I think I would have Becca there because she could play like all the other guitar parts cool. and also do backing vocals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, emphasis on backing vocals. <laughs> um, um, oh god! Who would you have I on drums? Maybe. Oh my god, on drums, who would I have? <laughs> You're allowed um, to say, you know, the people you play with as well. Well, I don't know. I, I, oh man, you know, actually, um, I went to a Richard Spaven gig oh, the yeah. other day. Um, cool. He is incredible. I'm mm-hmm. going to say, I'm, I mean, you know, just because of having seen him really recently, I'll say Richard Spaven. I think he cool. would be really cool. That would work. On drums. And then, I don't know, maybe maybe Lyle Mays on piano. Oh, wow. Potentially. Cool. Um, yep. That makes sense. <laughs> Played with Matheny a lot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, are we missing anyone? Uh, bassist. Have you ever uh, have you ever listened to Yannick Guzdala? I think he would suit Matheny's son like a glove. I haven't, I haven't actually... He's um, basically like, I see him as the bass equivalent of Pat Metheny. So if you're into that kind of thing, um, right. definitely worth checking actually, out. I actually think <laughs> one of the bass players I work with, Hugo, is really into this guy. And I th- actually Probably. think he has his bass. <laughs> oh, wow. You're the Madison <laughs> one, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, you um, should check out Yannick Gwizdala. Uh, some it, It's like a little mm. bit more like um, his music's pretty funky or like uh, it's kind of poppy and areas but uh, it all comes from like jazz and uh yeah when he plays like because he's a bassist who like loves taking solos um it's like yeah you can hear pat Metheny for sure it's, mm. it's right it's right there in your face he's one of these Definitely. guys who sing like uh just like sense out a tune but it just doesn't work sometimes um mm. like when he's playing like he, he kind of sings what he's playing cool well Sorry, I gave you a bass player, but if you if you thought of anyone, bass player, I think yeah. someone. I'm really into double bass at the minute, like having double bass on my right. songs. So someone who can play double bass and electric bass. Great. So is that is that an advert? Current, probably just my current <laughs> bass player. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Nice one. Yeah. Well, do you have any words of wisdom for the people listening? Any inspiration? Uh, any words of wisdom? Yeah. Um. coffee distractions are good it's fine you should you should go out and get some sunlight and have a coffee and do nothing for half an hour because you always feel a hundred times better after you've had your caffeine (laughs) maybe (laughs) not that was bad advice but like just the idea of taking a break i think is very important remembering to to do that (laughs) absolutely absolutely agree and on that note i've uh i've not had my caffeine fix so i'll be doing that shortly (laughs) Alright, I hope you enjoyed episode 19 of Sitting In. Uh, I certainly did. I hope um, I hope you all go and check out Rosie's music. It's fantastic and it's linked in the description of the podcast. Alright, have a good week, stay safe and I shall see you in the next episode.